Phil was invincible. And I know you have a strong entrepreneurial following with your podcast and male following. And I just, Phil was a male entrepreneur and not to target just the men, but you guys typically have this unstoppable spirit of, I can fix everything. We can handle everything. I'm in charge. I know it. I got it. I got it. Nope. We're going to, we're going to handle it. And Phil was that guy. He knew his body. He knew his business. He knew his family and he had everything under control, but he did not believe in going to the doctor. He actually bragged about it. And literally, you know, if he was sick, he would just pop back a handful of vitamins. He'd eat an apple. He'd go for a jog and boom, he, I'm better. I'm good. Got it handled. And that was Phil's way of just handling himself. And he was in great shape. He ran marathons and triathlons and ate organic. And I mean, was in lean at a six pack. So he was, he had the misconception that fitness was health. And honestly, one of the first times he ever sat across from a doctor is when he was told you have stage four prostate cancer and you are fighting for your life. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up? What's up, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. Contrary to popular belief, you do not have to wait for that perfect moment. You do not have to destroy your health. You do not have to destroy your family and other relationships. You can start enjoying your life today while you're on your journey to having more. In fact, the quickest way to abundance is for you to start enjoying the journey. Start enjoying your life today. Be grateful for what and who you have in your life today. Once you start doing that, you will start developing the mindset of abundance. And then so much more will start coming into your life. More relationships, more opportunities, and yes, even more resources. Two other key elements on your journey to abundance is to give and to pay it forward. So I want to give you the opportunity today to be abundant in your actions by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with others. Share this episode. This specific episode is going to save lives. You'll know what I mean as you get into it. And the way I see it, it's your responsibility to pay it forward when you hear information like you're going to hear today. Just like I feel, it's my responsibility to do this podcast and share all of these conversations with you, despite the fact that it takes up a lot of my resources in time and money. And I am more than okay with that because I know the impact that it's making in others' lives. And then once you pay it forward and share this with others... Jump onto iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast player is and share a rating and review. Share with me what your favorite episode is and why. I'm asking you to do that so that others can find Men of Abundance in the search engines, specifically on iTunes and the other podcast search engines. It's one of the best ways for people to discover their favorite podcast when they're searching for terms that are in the show notes of all of the episodes on Men of Abundance, over 200 and what is it, 289 episodes at this point. 
So take just a few minutes and go do that for us. That'd be really awesome of you. Now I have to tell you up front, this conversation gets very deep. We get very emotional. We have a lot of fun. We laugh a lot. And men, the intent is to get you to take action. Ladies, the intent is to get you to get your men to take action. You'll see what I mean in just a minute. So our feature guest today is a former TV news reporter, wife, mother, desperate housewife, author, speaker, caregiver, widow, and now a voice of resilience and rediscovery. With her effervescent personality and humor, she has channeled her grief into a passionate message of resilience and lessons learned through loss. Today, she lives out her passion of inspiring and empowering others through her motto, live large and live long. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Jennifer Carroll. Jennifer, welcome to Men of Abundance. How are you doing? I am awesome. Thank you. And thanks for having me, Wally. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I know we were uh, scheduled at one point. Some stuff came up, but Interview Valet is so absolutely amazingly awesome. And they got us reconnected. And here we are. I know they are. They're wonderful. And uh, my little gal, Cindy, oh my gosh, she goes above and beyond for me. Even this morning, she was... (laughs) helping me figure out how to do all the technical part, which is not my area of expertise, but they really are good. Here, so here right. we are. Here we go. Absolutely. Absolutely. We worked it out. We figured it out. And so where are you at in the world? So I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it is fabulous. It's certainly getting hot out there, but it, the sun is shining again. You know, there's not a lot of things you can count on in this life, but in Scottsdale, Arizona or in Phoenix or anywhere in Arizona, you can pretty much count on the sun over 300 days a year. So it is kind of nice to know that you can wake up every morning and open the window and there's actually sun shining down on you. So it's fabulous. It is. I'll tell you, we were talking pre-show and as you know, I was born and raised in Phoenix and I've lived all over that area. And so this is about this time of the year, the snowbirds are leaving and going back home and uh, it's getting super hot. (laughs) It is. My my parents are snowboards, so they just left last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that, man. So, And a lot of them come here to Tampa, Florida as well. Yes. Um, but a lot of them come here and stay, quite frankly. People that are – every time I talk to somebody here in Florida, I say, you know, where are you from? Well, they're either from New York, Chicago – or you know some of those super cold places. Yes. So, but it, it's it's warming up here too, but not nearly. It's humid, and a dry heat is different, yes. guys. If you 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 hear people say it, well, it's a dry heat. I I'm here to tell you, it is different than a humid heat. You can step in the shade, and the temperature will drop about ten degrees. Not oh, here in Florida. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. It's amazing how different it is in the shade than the sun here. And you can mm-hmm. you can tolerate a lot more extreme heat. I mean, mm-hmm. in the middle of August, when it's 115, and you can friggin fry an egg on the asphalt, mm-hmm. you should be leaving. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> is, when you notice there's no stray dogs walking the streets, it's time to go. Oh, and if they do, their feet are fried. All the yeah. poor things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I burnt my feet as a child on that on that street a couple times so yeah absolutely so we like to start out with an attitude of gratitude as you know what do you have to be grateful for today well I every morning I wake up and I do my morning routine and I wrote down a couple things this morning and the first one was I have both my kids and I say that lightly because they're 28 and 25 and 
certainly out doing their own thing, but they're both home with me right mm. now, which is so awesome to have your kids home. And just so you know, kids leave, but they always come back, which is kind of a nice thing. But mine have, are back for a little while. And uh, also, I'm just really grateful for my home. I just moved about a year ago into this new place, and um, I'll share why maybe later in the interview, but I'm just happy that home feels like home, and as I walked out today and took my puppies for a walk, I just felt very grateful that home is home. I'm really feeling at home in my new home. That's wonderful. That's exciting, too. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, those are exciting times. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, change, you know, change can be challenging, but... There's the silver lining, and and every once in a while, you you know you got to just sit back and say, yeah, this is this was a good this was a good decision. This was it. I'm home here. This is where I belong. So I just had that little epiphany this morning as I was walking around with the sun beaming on my face and enjoying my home. That's absolutely wonderful. I'm so happy for you. It's exciting. Thank you. So we'd like to get to know the person behind the abundance. And, you know, I talked a little bit about you before we got started. Here's more professional type stuff, but we'd like to get a little bit more personal. So if you would, how would you describe yourself? Well, let's say first and foremost, I am a mother turned wife turned actually probably wife turned mother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it all depends on how that works out. What comes first? (laughs) That's right. Wife. And I'm not sure if that really worked out that way with me. So let's just say wife turned mother turned desperate housewife turned author speaker turned caregiver and then turned widow. And now I'm really the voice of resilience and rediscovery. And that's how I probably describe myself. Yeah, and that's a great mission that you're on. Uh, it's funny how when several months back, uh, Interview Valet had sent me your book and mm. a little card. And actually, a little card came first, I think it was. Yeah, and when I first booked you, or they booked you on my show, and they sent this little card to make sure I got my, my checkup. And... <gasps> Oh, I love that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And it was just amazing that, that they did that because that was the week that I was actually doing so. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Well, yeah. as I call it in my book, it's kind of my ba-dum-bum, but I'm mm-hmm. very happy to hear that you bent over and took it like a man. Yes. yes. So thank well, you. I, that I, really- I, I actually more specifically went to sleep and woke up. <laughs> Yes, and that's probably a better way to do it, yes. But I'm grateful that you did that. And it's, you know, I know this is an interview where you're typically asking me the questions, but by the end of this interview, that was going to be my question to you Mm -hmm. as a man is that have you been proactive about your health and treated your health like it should be treated, and that is to value it really as number one. Because as I always, you know, share, you can't scale up your business, you can't scale up your life, you can't scale up your marriage, you can't scale up your re- relationship with your children, if you're six feet under. Right. And I, I, you know, so health has to be number one. Yeah, absolutely. And we will be asking that question, not just of myself, but of everybody else who is listening, because it, it is extremely important. And I'm happy to say I have a very clean bill of health in that department. Anyhow. Oh, great. That's very good to know. Yes, thank you for that. So, you know, we've alluded to it. We've talked a little bit about it, around it. I know I've read your book. We're going to talk much more about your book, Beyond Invincible. But 
I want to get into that kick in the gut moment because this at many times changes the trajectory of what we thought our life was going to be. And sometimes, quite frankly, as tragic as those kick in the gut moments can be, they're blessings. So if you would share with us a kick in the gut moment and really make us feel that. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, my kick in the butt moment is certainly very specific. And that was the day that I was sitting by my late husband's bed and, you know, having his sharing his last breath with him and, you know, saying goodbye to a, a man I loved and also a life I loved. And it was, you know, certainly a very huge <laughs> kick in the gut. I, you know, lost my way, truly. I, I really did lose my identity. I, I was a wife and a mother, as I shared. And it was a real tumultuous time for me to try to rediscover my place and what I, you know, what my new intentions were and, and to just move on past this really, you know, gut-wrenching experience that I went through at a young age. I was um, 47 when Phil passed away. And I learned very soon after on this journey to just, you know, initially to figure out how to get out of bed and have the, you know, the desire to put on clothes and just kind of carry on because it was, as you can hear in my voice, you know, it's still really tough for me. But I learned that in life, sometimes what happens to us happens for us. And that our mess can become our message and our test, our testimony. And so I decided to use my, you know, creative outlet of loving to journal and write and, and share as a speaker and, and, a, and an author. So I wrote a book. I just decided to honor my late husband by writing his philosophies. His name was Phil. His philosophies of life in a book and share our life of living large, but also of living to give and the lessons we learned living while Phil was dying. And I wrote this book and I traveled around the world and I did, did it with my young daughter, Jessica, who's also a speaker. We traveled all over the world and, and South America and, and through India. And, and Canada and the U.S. And, and just shared this message of proactive health and how to live large and live to give and live this life of abundance by not only becoming the best you can be, but also giving, living to give and giving and, and giving that gift of giving. So that's what I've been doing. And it's been very, you know, very rewarding. And it's helped me rediscover myself through this, this journey of, of rediscovery. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, the loss is, is huge and, and my condolences to you for sure. And but in addition to that, like you said, you lost the love of your life, but you also it completely changed your life in mm -hmm. so many ways, not just because of the loss, but also because I mean let's get right down to it. Um you got financial changes in your life. You've got mm. lifestyle changes in your life. Mm -hmm. So many things change. And I'm a strong, I'm a true believer that everything happens for a reason. God, we, we can make our own plans, but God has his. Hey. And, but there's certain things we can do in life to prevent ourselves from, you know, an untimely death, you know, outside of, you know, tragic accidents and stuff like that. But if you could talk a little bit about what was going on, what, what, how did Phil die? Why did all that happen? And what were you talking about towards the end? Well, so, you know, 
Phil was invincible. And I know you have a strong entrepreneurial following with your podcast and male following. And I just, Phil was a male entrepreneur and not to target just the men, but you guys typically have this unstoppable spirit of, I can fix everything. We can handle everything. I'm in charge. I know it. I got it. I got it. Nope. We're going to, we're going to handle it. And Phil was that guy. He knew his body. He knew his business. He knew his family and he had everything under control, but he did not believe in going to the doctor. He actually bragged about it. And literally, you know, if he was sick, he would just pop back a handful of vitamins. He'd eat an apple. He'd go for a jog and boom, he, I'm better. I'm good. Got it handled. And that was Phil's way of just handling himself. And he was in great shape. He ran marathons and triathlons and ate organic. And I mean, was in lean at a six pack. So he was, he had the misconception that fitness was health. Mm. And honestly, one of the first times he ever sat across from a doctor is when he was told you have stage four prostate cancer and you are fighting for your life. And... I think looking back, he recognized that he probably should have gone in for, you know, yearly checkups like I did every year. And, and he ignored symptoms. He wasn't urinating properly. He was having to go to the bathroom all the time and couldn't empty his bladder. And he just kind of ignored it because he was only 47 when he was diagnosed. It wasn't like all of his buddies were talking about prostate cancer. He didn't even really know that these were sort of symptoms of it. And I found out that he was ignore you know, didn't pay attention to them. So... Not a hundred percent sure, but we just looking back, I feel that if Phil was a, more proactive about his health and if he treated his health like he treated his business and did the due diligence on his health that he did on his business, that he could maybe still be alive today because ninety seven percent of men survive this illness if detected early, but sadly, Phil wasn't that guy. And so I just really try to promote just proactive health, especially to this alpha personality profile and specifically men, obviously, because they have prostate, but even women mm. that are entrepreneurs, you know, really ladies and take care of your, you know, take care of the tatas too and, and go get your mammogram and get checked because once again, you can't scale up your businesses if you're six feet under. <laughs> That's so timely because there's so many things so many reasons why I started Men of Abundance. And one of them was just that was I was neglecting not my health, but my family. And it's the same thing. I, you know, many entrepreneurs lose their family. My mentor, one of my coaches, his brother committed suicide over a failed business deal. And it happens every single day. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. lose their families, men specifically, guys. We have about a 50-50 split here mm -hmm. on men and women listeners, but men tend to be, it's my job to bring money to, into the house, and everything I do is about the family, but you're not spending time with the family, and many of you are not taking care of your health, and it's extremely important, which is why I truly wanted to have this conversation with Jennifer, especially after Interview Valley sent me her information and sent me your book. Beyond Invincible, live large, live long, and leave a profound legacy. And I'm here to tell you, you made me cry, Aww. especially in Chapter Seven. And I can't even I can't even talk about it now. Just thinking about it, I was just looking over it before I jumped on the call with you here. But after you know, you played the movie mm -hmm. of Phil's life at the funeral, and then you know, you and 
uh, Austin and Ruskin gave your eulogies, I just lost it. <laughs> I can't even think about it because I've lost both my parents are past. Mm-hmm. My grandparents are gone. Um, and it's just a, such a tough thing to deal with. And they were, you know, my my mother died from cancer. One of those things, you know, my mother had lung got diagnosed with lung cancer and quit smoking that day, that day. Like cold turkey, and she lived through it. It was fine, but then she ended up dying from brain cancer years later. Um, And my dad died in a tragic auto accident while I was uh, deployed to Honduras. So you know, it's it's just tough to to see somebody go like that when it could have been prevented, and Mm -hmm. you're just not taking care of yourself. So I'm really 100% behind you on your mission, and the book is just just such a tribute to Phil and such a strong message. It's so beautiful. Obvious question. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to write the book and share this whole story and put all this out there for everybody else? Well, and first, I also want to say that I, I hope you also laughed a bit because I don't want to scare away I all the did. men. Because guys, I did. Thank you. Because it is, there's, there's definitely humor in here. Um, I start the book by sharing how I met my husband in the shower with two other models. So like yes. right away, you know that there's definitely a little edgy quirkiness and you know, you're also going to laugh a little too. So it's not just a tearjerker. So <laughs> I don't want to scare away all anybody. <laughs> these, Very good this, point. these feelings definitely terrifies the odd man. And let, I don't me, wanna... let me chime in there real quick because I do want to jump on that. And I'm so glad you brought that up because you are, <laughs> you had me in other tears too. I was tears of, I was laughing because I see so much of myself and so many other men in, in feel as an entrepreneur. It's tough. It's, oh. but it's funny. Oh my goodness. The businesses that he started with the, um, yeah. the whole, um, Houseboating. The houseboating. Yeah. Oh, what an amazing, amazing. How did that, how that started? I love stories like that. Oh, it was I know. It's just like, so amazing. Such a great story. I mean, just right, right out of high, right, not high school, right out of university, right, yeah. he met his buddy Dave Steele, who is still, you know, was his in partner right up to the day he died and is still a partner of mine and my best friend. And he, they met in college, right out of college. Phil got a job and was supporting both of them because they decided that they wanted to get into this house built this houseboat business. And they're prairie boys. There's not an ounce. There's no water anywhere in in Alberta. And they started a freaking houseboating company. And they would drive to the o- Okanagan, which is in British Columbia, after work every Friday. And they'd work all weekend creating this houseboating company. And by the time they were 25, they were, gosh, written up in Forbes magazine. They were called only 25, but as rich as cheesecake. They had over t- uh, 1,200 boats around the world and oh my gosh they started this huge company and it was just crazy they had a tax shelter so it was it was just win-win people were buying these boats and renting them out and writing them off and and you know it did turn you know (laughs) the ship did sink uh, literally and figuratively with that business Mm -hmm. but they were they were um you know, they went on onwards and upwards and onto a, onto re, still stayed in real estate, but this time it wasn't the floating kind. It was mm-hmm. the landlock and they were partners till the last, his last breath. Yeah. I thought that was cool how they rented a barn 
Yes. Uh, just some random guy's barn. They just walk up and knock on the door and say, hey, we want to rent your barn. Oh, it's I know. Like, and it, okay. it was so A Quonset then, hut. Uh, and yeah, just, yeah. And then another. And they built all their houseboats. It's just amazing. And at one point, they had more houseboats than the Navy has ships. Yes, yep, more more <laughs> households than the U.S. Navy had ships. That was their, one of their claim to fames. And they certainly, and they met their wife, and she he met his wife on, I was modeling at the time, and so I was in one of the first brochures that was 18 years old, and I met him. Didn't start dating him. I went off to college, came back, came down here to Arizona State University, went to college, and then when I graduated, I bumped into him again, and then then the rest is history. But met him at 18 on a houseboat, Yeah. Just an amazing story all the way around. I was laughing my head off. So funny. So what was the whole purpose behind writing about? What was yes. the motivation? Well, so Phil was very, very ill at the end of his life. He's you know hooked to an oxygen tank. He, the cancer had spread to his lungs. He actually ended up having lung cancer as well as he had overachieving cancer, which didn't surprise me, that spread to his lungs. And he's so sick. He literally weighs less than me. It's towards the end of his life. And we're sitting having breakfast outside in our beautiful backyard in Scottsdale, Arizona, watching the hummingbirds. And just kind of randomly, he just said, you know, Jen, I have nothing left on my bucket list. And, you know, this was a 52-year-old man. I thought, wow, I don't know if there's many men at 52 that could say that. And then he paused and he said, one last thing. I'm going to be an awesome grandpa. Hmm. And, you know, he just never, he was, he, he was going to have an audacious miracle till the day he died. He was never going to die. <laughs> it was never part of his mental thought process, literally. And so he said that very intentionally. And I, you know, felt a little sadness because I felt it was unlikely. And, you know, after he passed, I decided that, you know, I had an epiphany one morning. I woke up and it was what got me out of bed and got me thrown on clothes. I thought, I'm a writer. And Phil is just has so many great stories. And he's got these philosophies of life that have, are his legacy. And every single day I would, you know, think of the, the lessons that he taught us and about gratitude. And a lot of the things that, you you know, you talk about, I, I just love all of your philosophies because they're similar philosophies, success philosophies, philosophies of living an abundant life. And I just decided that, you know what, I'm going to help him live out that last bucket wish list because I'm going to write this book and I'm going to do it to honor him. And I'm going to do it for two reasons. I'm going to do it so that one day his grandkids can read his life story and they can know Grandpa Phil and his philosophies of life because of this book that I wrote. And also, I want to go out and I want to try to save lives with his message. I want to get through to this entrepreneurial alpha personality mental prof, which is, you know, their greatest asset is that they have, they just forge ahead and they have no fear and no uncertainty and no doubt. And they don't know quite how they're going to get there and they're just going to go for it. But I also want to tap into the fact that, you know, you, you're not quite as un invincible as you think you are. And that in fact, you need to be more pro treat your health like you treat your businesses. And I want to impact entrepreneurs to just value their health because if they don't do it for themselves, if you don't do it for yourselves, our listeners, do it for your wife, do it for your kids, do it for so that one day you can walk your daughter down the aisle because you know what, my daughter's going to go down the aisle and she's not going to have her father by her side. Do it so you can watch your son live out his dream. My son played professional hockey 
he is playing professional hockey and Phil wasn't alive to see him put on a Flames jersey. And grow, do it for your wife so you can grow old with the woman that you love, the person that you love. I am, every day I miss Phil. I'm grateful that I had this incredible life and I smile because it happened. I don't cry because it's over. But I wish he was here every single day. And so that is why I wrote Beyond Invincible. It's just to leave a legacy for Phil and his grandkids, but also to try to empower others to just value health number one. Because without your health, you really have nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thank you for it. It's definitely touched me. And uh, I know it's touched so many different people in, in so many ways. And hopefully touch them enough to take action and start taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. I know we keep harping on this guys, but it, you know, it really does come down to that. Like Jennifer just said, no amount of money in the world, you know, time, whatever it means much of anything, uh, mm -hmm. unless you have your health. For sure. Yeah. You know, don't, yeah. Thank you. It's, it is, it's, it's everything. Yeah, health and love. That's it. <laughs> It, it it really is and I, you know i'll chuckle a little bit but it's you know you got to make light of certain things and you really have uh I've, I've read so many books and i get so many people sending me books be, mm. you know future guests or people that want to be guests for the show or just people just sending me books and i really appreciate it but i don't get a chance to read all of them mm -hmm. and i'm so glad that i was able to pick up your book and read it because uh, i just got so much out of it i got a lot of joy out of it and it, I've shared it. I've shared the stories with other people. I immediately went and told my wife and I told my boys, I was like, you guys want to be entrepreneurs. You got to, this is one of the stories you got to understand. Mm. Um, the story about the whole houseboat thing and everything, but it's, there's a lot of joy in it, but there's a lot of heartache along the way. And if you're not taking care of yourself and taking care of your family, there's a lot of loss. Yeah. Yeah. There is. There is. Mm -hmm. What are some good news stories coming out of the work that you're doing? Oh, I just honestly, every couple of weeks, I get an email or a call from someone that has either, and it's kind of funny because I get these men take pictures of themselves in their like backless robes. And I'm kind of afraid to like flip through them. I'm like, okay, I don't need to see too much information. <laughs> but it's like they take a picture at the doctor and they've, they're like, I got, I bent over and took it like a man. And so I love that. And I just always make sure it's clear that I don't need to see more than you in a robe. Okay. So no, no video necessary, <laughs> but oh. I am kind of the bend over, take it like a man girl. That's what everyone remembers mm. me for. And I, but I also get incredible stories just of people who have read the book and who have, you know, I, I tell other stories. I talk about the importance of leaving no words unspoken and, it's one of my favorite stories in that, you know, it's a sad story, but my son, I get this call from Austin. It was towards the end of Phil's life. And I get this call from my six foot four, 220 pound toothless hockey player who is 18 years old and he's in Victoria, British Columbia playing hockey. And I get this call and I almost hung up because I didn't think there was anyone on the other line. And all of a sudden I heard him and he was weeping. So he was just weeping on the phone. He goes, mom, I had this thought, what if dad died suddenly and he doesn't know how I feel? 
And I thought, Austin, he knows how you feel. But here's, dad loves cards. Why don't you write him a Christmas card? Because it was right, like just weeks before Christmas. I see, I said, write him a little Christmas card and write some of the little fun stories about us on the at the cabin in the summer, you playing hockey outside in the backyard on, a, on the ice rink up in Canada. Write some of these little stories. And he would love that. Austin felt better. I hung up. Sadly, Phil did not make it to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Austin did not write a Christmas card. But what he did do is he was empowered that night to write a letter, a three-page love letter from his 18-year-old son, which the longest thing he's ever written in his life. He wrote this letter, and it was an email, and he sent it to me. And the next morning, after breakfast, I gave Phil a three-page letter from his 18-year-old son that just told him how much he loved him and told him about how he taught him that no is not in his vocabulary and that uh, you know when the going gets tough the tough get going and that how much he valued all these 18 summers he'd had with Phil at the cabin and how being on the boat and he just wrote this letter it just went on and on and after it Phil just cried and said that's the greatest gift a parent could ever get from their child is this these words of love and appreciation and gratitude and 48 hours later, Phil passed away of complications mm-hmm. of prostate cancer. And you know what? Because no words were left unspoken, he knew exactly how his son felt. And thank goodness for his sake and Austin's sake. And I told this story. And I remember at, at, a, at a real estate um, event, actually, and I had this little cute Asian couple come up to me. And they stood there, and they didn't even talk at first, but they, because they were choking back tears. They, and the, the husband says, we never talk. We never talk. You know, I, and he goes, we're going to go home and we're going to write each other a letter. He said, we've been married for five years and we don't share how we feel. And we decided that if either of us died tomorrow, we would not know how we feel. He goes, all the lessons you taught us to, to, today, we're going to go home. We're probably still not going to talk, but we're going to write each other a letter because we need to know how each other feel. And it's those little stories that make all the difference it, just to my journey, just to hear people just knowing that by sharing Phil's story and to being vulnerable and, you know, and I get emotional still over all these stories, that it's having an impact on others and, pay, you know, paying it forward is, as to use your vocabulary. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Got me to tears again. Speaking of paying it forward, I'm not going to say many more words. <laughs> we are uh, going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Yes. Excellent. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Two or three actionable steps. Well, I think the first thing is wake up in the morning and by eight o'clock, just set your intentions. And I think the biggest thing is just with gratitude. And I know that's what you did at the beginning of this podcast. And I just feel, I can't tell you how empowering it is to do that every single day. I also just think that please just value health number one, just put it at the top. If it's not number one, you know, you don't really, you know, they say people that have health have a million dreams. People without health have but one. And I've, you know, sadly, I hope none of you have to go through this, but chances are everyone's been touched by someone's dying and being sick and just recognize that health needs to be number one. And let's see, number three is let's just go back to leave no words unspoken. Gratitude and the biggest gift of gratitude is maybe reach out one day and just think of someone that you love that if they were, if you got a call that they had got hit by the proverbial bus tomorrow, it would you needed to give them 
some words. You, you just don't want to leave any words unspoken. You want to reach out and tell them how much you love them or forgive them or give them some little message of, of gratitude. I think that is an empowering thing to do every single day. But to maybe today I could put that out there. Wow, absolutely. I love what you said. People who have health have a million dreams. People who do not have but one. That, one. Wow. <laughs> what, are, what are the rituals that make the biggest impact in your life? The bit, well, the morning ritual, boy, the morning ritual. And I also I have to mention that I've on my journey of self-discovery, I have actually started putting on women's retreats. So I'm glad you've got a 50-50 split because I want to talk to your gals for a second because I'm putting on these women's retreats in Scottsdale, Arizona, and they're called Illuminate You, which on my website, jenniferlcarroll.com, you can look into these Illuminate You websites where I have women come to rediscover what turns them on. And so I've realized that through my journey of loss to what I call lust, lust of life, lust of gratitude, lust of, you know, finding those things that turn you on and turn me on and turn that and illuminate me again, because I was very lost and broken. And I on my journey of rediscovery, I've found these great things that just help me find my happiness and find myself again. And I'm now sharing them with women. So that has really been a big thing that I've been doing. And one of the things we do is my daughter and I both do this morning, master your morning, master your life. And we do run people through setting their intentions, setting their three goals, doing their their gratitude in the morning. And we, and we also do creative art and we do um, word poetry spoken word poetry and we do tons of meditation and you know tai chi and just really have a, a great time trying to illuminate each other and fun find the fun fab and frisky rediscover our fun fab and frisky selves yeah, excellent yeah thanks for sharing that and make sure you go to jenniferlcarroll.com over on the right hand side there's a illuminated button illuminate you illuminate you, check that you out. yeah it's beautiful what would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to other than your book? Of course, I definitely suggest. Okay, I've got two great books. Oh my, I'm such a reader too. So, and I, this one, I just can't speak enough about it. And she's got so many, but I'm just obsessed with Brene Brown. And I think she's, you know, many people know, but men and women, and men, you too, especially, it's all about vulnerability and being courageous the course of creative, you know, courageousness is to be vulnerable and to, to ta you know, recognize your shame and to act on it and to share your story. We all have stories and it's just how to rise strong and how to tr transform your life and be a better parent and a leader and, and, and a lover. And so Brene Brown, Rising Strong, I love. She also has another one, um, Daring Greatly. I mean, she's Dare to Lead is her new one, but ugh, ridiculous. And there's actually a new, she's got a new um, Netflix documentary that I just watched last night with my daughter and the other book that's awesome and Benjamin Hardy is um, a really good friend of mine I just adore him he wrote a book called willpower doesn't work and it's the hidden secrets and the hidden keys to success but the bottom line is it's who you it's your environment you have if you're if you don't control your environment your environment will control you and you if you are you have to create the right people and tribe to hang out with because it's a psychological upgrade you got to make sure that you are being a, you're around people that are smarter than you <laughs> and mm. it's just an incredible work book willpower doesn't work is a highly recommended book 
Yeah, and I love the idea of changing your environment or adjusting your environment, whatever you got to do. You know I talk about that quite a bit. So yes. what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Hmm. <laughs> what do I think holds people back from living a life of true abundance? Maybe having expectations that are you know, too big of expectations, or maybe they just have their priorities in the wrong, in the wrong category. Because abundance isn't about wealth. It isn't even really about success. It is about significance. Mm -hmm. It is about giving back. It is about, you know, creating love, creating an environment, being around, surrounding yourself with people that you aspire to, be better, you know, be your best self around, but also you want to reach out and help them be their best selves. It's like you want to create a world where you've got an oasis, a zen, a place that you feel safe, but you also want to be a bit of a trampoline, so you want to bounce these people to become the best selves. So I feel like maybe it's a level of expectation that is just distorted and that maybe their values aren't quite in, as, a, as aligned with their, their goals, so maybe living a more value-based life and putting health and love and living to give right, you know, in the top three, as opposed to just fighting for six, thrive more on a level of significance. Yeah, absolutely. What does being a woman of abundance mean to you? A woman of abundance. A woman of abundance. I think just, just living every day to just leave, to live every day to live our legacy by adding value in this world and spreading love and creating love and laughter and to just you know live live out loud laugh as much as you can learn through books definitely lend a hand to those in need so that you can ultimately leave your legacy by living your legacy, I think. Yeah, so man or woman, I'm not sure if it matters, but just living every day to leave your legacy. No, it's, it, and that's a good point. In my mind, it doesn't matter. It's just a matter of how you decide to do that. So we are definitely going to have JenniferLCarroll.com linked up in the show notes. What else do, would you like for our abundant leaders to know and get out of our conversation before I let you go today? Just recognize that in life, sometimes when we're lost and we're alone and afraid in a world we just didn't see ourselves in and we're in a dark place, sometimes the simple answers to life's tough questions like where do we go, what do we do, how do we live our life to leave our legacy, what is our purpose, how do we make a difference, sometimes the simple answers are just seeking guidance Sometimes we really have to be vulnerable and recognize that we just have to reach out sometimes and hold on, hold on to our people and our friends and our family and our pastors and our mentors and our coaches and just hold on and let their strength guide us through the tough, dark places just for a while. But I also think it's very important that we realize that we are also someone else's guidance and that we need to be there so that others can reach out at their t dark times and hold on to them and that how we can help them through the into the light and we can help them rise from their ruins. But the power of giving 
and the power of giving gratitude is truly what I think is probably the the biggest lesson in a, of abundance. Because if you give, like today, if you reach out to someone you love and you send a message or you make a call, I want you to hang up the phone after that call and think about how abundant you feel and how loved you feel and how when you give you get 10 times back in return Mm -hmm. and so I think that's a great way is that you know that maybe the two simple answers to life's tough questions is seeking guidance at the times of dark places and also living to give and recognizing that you are there and you we are on this world to give back and that that is a huge part of living a life of abundance yeah absolutely well it's been a wonderful conversation I'm glad we finally were able to link up I'm so touched by the opportunity to read your book and share it with others. I would like for you to go out, live your life of abundance today, and keep paying it forward because you are making a huge difference. I love your message. Wally, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm very grateful for this past 50 minutes with you. And man, you are right on time. (laughs) You are very time management extraordinaire. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, guys, so your action steps today are pretty obvious, I would think. If you're in that age range or if you're in a specific lifestyle where it's time for you to get specific checkups, then make the appointment and get it done. If you know you are doing things, you have habits that are not good for your health, then consider making the change. If not for your own personal well-being, but for those who love you and want you around and healthy for a long time to come. It's all about perspective, guys. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.